0: blog talk radio you're listening to dr. E.J. McKenzie on blog talk radio Jim McKenzie with the master key on this Monday evening we pray that your day has found you blessed or you found your day blessed well uh, we thank God for how he's bringing us into the knowledge of the authority and power that we have uh, we have the power to make and create our day you said I thought God was the creator of the day he is but life um, is uh, occupied by the day uh, and the day can c- controls life or life can control the day. You can't stop the sun from rising or setting uh but what transpires with you during the day, you have the power to control it uh anything that appear to be negative that takes place, you have the authority and the power to control you over that which appear to be negative uh storms appear to be negative, but Jesus quieted the storm. He did not allow the storm to control his viewpoint, his outlook, his emotional affection, but he controlled the storm. When there was a lack of food, Jesus did not like, uh, allow the lack of food to control uh, his emotions, affection. He said, what do you have? Bring it to me. Blessed it, broke it, multiplied it, and gave it. Uh, When this become a reality to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the realm of God. Seek ye first the Lordship of Christ. He is Lord over every circumstance and situation if I allow him to be or I will be Lord over the circumstance and situation. If I'm Lord, then the circumstances and situation can manipulate, dominate, and control me. But if I allow him to be Lord, who by allowing him to be Lord of my spirit, my soul, heart, mind, body, in the midst of the circumstance that challenges me, he will be Lord over it because I allow him to be Lord over me. These things, as they become a reality to us, you and I will never be moved by this realm, but we will be moved by the creator of this realm will be submitted and yielded and surrendered to him, and he will have access to this realm. The reason that uh, Jesus was able to walk on water is because the Father had access to the water through his Son. Jesus allowed the Father to be Lord over his life. Therefore, the Father had access to the water that Jesus walked on. So, therefore, the Father was the one who created through His Son, or the Word, the water, and He brought the water subject to Him because His Son was subject to Him. Therefore, the water He walked on was subject to Him. As these things become a reality to us, then as we submit, yield, and surrender, then we will have dominion over the fish of the sea, to follow the end over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Everything I just articulated have everything to do with relationship. So a lot of people love to walk on water, but they're not in relationship or fellowship with the one who is Lord over the water, who created the water. We only uh, fellowship with him during church services or during our uh, time of morning devotion um, or the uh, time we spend with the Lord at night, or whenever your time of fellowship is with Him, uh, these things uh, must become a reality to understand the divine order of God. God is a God of order, and everything He oper- or, or does in the earth is through order. The Spirit of God moves through order. Uh, but there's an order for progression. There's an order for increase. There's an order for advancement. And the Bible said the glory of God shall fill the earth. The glory of God shall fill the earth. The only way that the glory of God can fill the earth, that there's a group of men and women, there's a race of men and women that has allowed God to be glorified in their life. And the glory, uh, as God is glorified within them, glory is released uh, from them. And by them bringing everything that is out of the order of God, bringing into the order of God, then God is glorified. Because now, that which God has created is functioning according to what he created it to do. God created uh, fruit trees to bear fruit. So therefore, if a fruit tree is not bearing fruit, we are one of two things. We bring it in order for it to produce fruit, or we remove it from that which got uh, from uh, this rim, that God created it. Now, what people don't understand even about the fruit tree, God uh, cursed the fig tree, rather. Jesus cursed the fig tree because the fig tree was not doing what God created it to do. Uh, Jesus saw the fig tree and saw the leaves on the tree. When he saw the leaves on the tree, uh, anytime leaves is on a fig tree, it is saying that there's fruit here. So Jesus go to get fruit. It wasn't just Jesus just didn't have nothing else to do when the curse the fig tree, but he went to get fruit because he saw the leaves on the tree, expecting fruit to be on the tree, since there was no fruit for him to pop, uh, pick so him to eat. In other words, you are a non-producting tree, a non-producing tree, and so therefore you are not doing what you was created to do. So therefore, no man will eat from you from this day forth. He cursed it. And so therefore, uh uh you know the, the disciple was astonished when it came and saw that the tree well Peter uh saw that the tree was cursed at the root. He didn't just curse it, but he cursed it because it was uh, uh unproductive. And so therefore, uh he could have commanded the tree to produce figs. He could have commanded it to produce figs, but Because it had violated the law of God, the law of creation, this law of being. The law of being was when leaves come on the tree, fruit comes on the tree. So no fruit, leaves here, but no fruit. Then you are a lying, deceiving tree. No man will eat from you from this day forward. Are you getting this? So therefore... Uh, I want to talk about, share some principles today uh, that come from my morning devotion. And I think this is one uh, uh, a pattern here and a law here that I want you to get. And uh, I believe that God is getting ready to do uh, some things in the earth room because there's some men and women that is grasping the order of God and they're willing to divinely align with the order of God for God to maximize in their life. In my morning devotion, I was reading out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. Proverbs, chapter 10. We're going to go there, and we're going to look at some principles uh, out of the book of Proverbs, the wisdom book. And uh, the verse that stood out to me is a very familiar passage verse, uh, with for me. I'm going to read this out of the uh, Amplified Version and um, uh, help us understand some things. It may be possible that just like the fig tree and knowledge I just gave, it may be possible that some of the things that God has promised you is not uh, uh, being made manifest at this particular time it is because you may be out of order, out of season, out of the pattern of God. Now, I'm sure what I mean by that. The scripture here is going to be a blessing to us tonight. Proverbs chapter ten verse seventeen says, "He who heeds, he who heeds instructions and correction, is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others." Watch this right here. This is this is beautiful. I uh, didn't see this. <laughs> Just saw it now uh, as I was communicating about the fig tree. Uh, the fig tree uh, people of that day and this day understood that when leaves comes on a tree, fruit is there. So that has become that's a pattern. That is a way of life for the fig tree. That is according to the law that God created the fig tree to do and bear. When leaves is made manifest, Fruit is made manifest. So it's a way of life. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. So people understood the pattern. Jesus understood the pattern of the fig tree. He understood the pattern of fig leaves. He understood the pattern when leaves is there, figs is there. Notice what the scripture says. He who heeds instruction and correction. In other words, since there was leaves and there was no fruit, the fig tree had violated the instruction that God gave it when he created the heavens and the earth. It's the law that governs the fig tree. Or it's the law that governs a fig seed. It's a law. Every law that God established and created in those six days and rested the seventh day, ladies and gentlemen, they're in operation today. The law of gravity, the law of flight, the law of thrust. All these laws are still in operation today. These laws govern the earth realm. The law that govern, governed the uh, the fig uh, seed, the apple seed, the orange uh, seed, the grapefruit seed, the mango seed, the law and the DNA that was created way back then is still operating and functioning today. We see mangoes uh, grow in the summertime. We see we don't see mangoes in the winter time in the United States. Here, you don't see. Oranges uh, grow in the middle of the summer. They usually grow in the wintertime. And so these are laws that governs, laws that governs. So notice what it says here. He who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. Now, this is the purpose. Here's going back to relationship. Who are you in relationship with that God has assigned to your life to give you instructions, and if need be, to bring correction to you. Now notice the purpose of the instructions, and notice the purpose of the correction. It is to to raise you up to be a man and a woman of life, or a pattern. To raise you up to be a pattern uh, of life. You become the pattern of life. You become the way of life for others, a Parent is to uh, give instructions to children. Parents is to bring correction to children. For what reason? Because you're creating them out of a pattern of life. You're creating them out of a way of life. In other words, uh, when your children grow up to become parents, They have grown up not just to become parents. They have grown up to become a pattern of life for the children that they will bring forth in the earth realm. Jesus is the pattern of life for all Christians and really humanity at large. Jesus is the pattern. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. I am your pattern. I am the way. I am your design. I am your blueprint. So watch this right here. He who heeds instructions and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is a way of life for others. And he who neglects or refuses reproof not only himself goes astray, but also causes to error and is a path towards ruin for others do you, you do you see this do you do you think satan understands the scripture absolutely so what is satan's ultimate goal it is to manipulate us to refuse instructions and to refuse correction for what reason that you and i will become a pattern we will become a design of ruin for others so when people is following Your pattern. When people is following your life, what is your life telling? What kind of path have you created? What kind of design have you created? And understand this right here. This is very important that we understand because God, this principle here, the world have it down pat. This principle I'm sharing here is what the world call mentorship. Mentoring. Mentoring. Satan understands the pattern of God. Adam were to be a pattern. Adam was to be a way of life for Eve. Adam and Eve were to be a pattern and a way of life for Abel, Cain, and the rest of Adam's children, and really for the the humanity at large. And so... The enemy understands this. Now, my question would be to you, if this being true, then can I find this in the word of the Lord, other place in the word of the Lord? Notice some scriptures here, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. People quote stuff and have no clue how to do this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. He's talking to the Corinthians. I've become a pattern. Follow the pattern because Christ is my pattern. I'm following him. Now, it's going to be very difficult for one to do follow a person who follows Christ, even though people quote it all the time. How can you follow a man who's following Christ if you don't know Christ? you got to know Christ. Now, watch this right here. Do you say, I know Christ? I just met with a group of men and we were talking about we were sharing some principles of of uh, on this wise. As a matter of fact, we were just talking about fathers and son relationships and uh, uh what uh how uh, what sons should do and how sons uh how they should function and operate with, with a father. But notice here imitate means just as I imitated Christ. But here's some manipulation. One of the individuals in this meeting made a statement that uh, they've seen so, mo- so much mess in the church. And I think that's how Satan will block a person from, from going beyond where they're located at this present time in God. Because we, we, have, we have had negative experiences uh, and God want to do something with you now, what happened, we will allow the negative to block and stop our present our future. And we can never go beyond because, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot of foolishness in the body of Christ. There's a lot of negativism, a lot of people have experienced. A lot of people have been hurt. A lot of people have been wounded. A lot of people have been lied on. A lot of people have been cheated. A lot of people have been manipulated. A lot of people uh, have experienced all these things. And and they've been wounded and they've been hurt. And now what happens is they begin to withdraw. And then when God brings someone that is legitimate into their life, what happens uh, they don't know how to receive them because they've seen so much stuff, so much mess. So I can quote this scripture, imitate me just as I imitated Christ. But then, 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 but if the person got manipulated, then that's a revelation that they didn't know Christ. And so because they didn't know Christ, they got manipulated. Now God brings somebody into their life that knows Christ and is walking the pattern of Christ. They struggle because they've been burnt before. But burnt, being burnt is good because I've been burnt. I can't count the times I've been burnt. It just helped me to make the adjustments, learn from the mistake, and not be moved by my – I make decisions by my emotions, my feelings, but now make decisions by the Word of God and the Word of God only. So it's, it's, it's really easy to say that. But all through the Word of God, Paul put emphasis on imitating, imitating. In other words, Paul says, listen, I have become a way of life. I have become a pattern of life. Christ is a way of life for me. Christ is a pattern of life for me. You don't have to believe me. Just observe. Just observe and watch. Now, you are born again. You have God living on inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to check you. The Holy Spirit is going to cooperate with Christ. That's his ministry to cooperate with Christ. Now, if I'm walking after Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit, that should be a witness in your spirit that I'm walking after Christ. So but once again, this is God's pattern. This is not E. J. McKenzie's pattern. This is not Paul's pattern. This is God's pattern. But a lot of people has been wounded and hurt. Now, if there is if 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 you're not following a pattern uh, uh, of someone uh, You're following the pattern of someone Everybody following the pattern of somebody But the problem is Or the case may be Is it a pattern of life Or is it a pattern of ruin Is it a pattern of life Is it a pattern of ruin Is it a blueprint of ruin Or is it a blueprint of life Which one is it Now Paul makes another statement See, when you read this, this is a pattern of God, but Satan has come and hurt so many people, manipulated so many people, has lied to so many people where they cannot progress in relationship. Relationship is the key. Relationship is the key. Now think about it. How many people have been hurt in church that has joined us on this broadcast? How many people have been hurt? If not everybody, the majority, everybody's been hurt, wounded in church in some kind of way, fashion or form. But what happens with the hurt, you never allow yourself to get healed of the hurt. You don't allow the Holy Spirit to, uh, uh, to teach you, educate you, train you through the hurt. So what you do, you isolate yourself. You refuse to give yourself to relationship the way God designed it. And so, therefore, you will never progress, and you will never be any good to absolutely nobody in the kingdom. In In this realm, you you could be, but never in the kingdom of God, because God is the one that set the order. God is the one that set the pattern. Now, notice the scripture here, if you will, because think about this right here, what Paul is uh, uh, saying here in this word. He makes this statement in 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 and 11, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Verse 11, persecution, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecution I endured. And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now notice what he says, that you have followed carefully my doctrine. He didn't say the Lord's doctrine. He said my manner of life. He didn't say the Lord's manner of life. In other words, he he said, listen, I am a living witness before you. I am a living testimony before you. you. Christ is dead. He has risen. Now, I'm called by Christ. I've been ordained by Christ. I've been appointed by Christ. I'm obeying Christ. And as a result of my obedience to Christ, a pattern is being created before you. So therefore, you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my persecution—excuse uh, perseverance, persecution, affliction, which happened to me. You see how I handle it, and you have careful, uh, carefully followed it. And what's going to happen? The victory that I have experienced out of all of these things, you can't do nothing but experience the victory. And by you following my uh, uh, example, the same Spirit of God that has sustained me and kept me is being imparted to you, is going to sustain you and keep you. Another scripture, Philippians 3.17. He makes a statement, brethren. Join in following my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. As you have us for a pattern. I become a pattern. I was talking uh, with this group of men that I met with today, and that. But I was I shared this with someone last week, and I said I have not met anyone yet. And I see people almost get there, but they falter and fear at the end. That walk like I did with my mentality I had with my mentor, my spiritual father. I have not met anyone yet. Loyal, dedicated, committed. Struggled big time because I didn't understand a lot of things. I struggled internally, I don't know a little lot in my mind. But God graced me every single time in every struggle that I allowed Jesus to be uh uh formed in me through the relationship loyal dedicated faithful uh because we don't understand biblical relationship uh the church itself has been stunted. You can have a thousand members you can have twenty thousand. I'm not talking about numbers I'm talking about relationships And the reason I'm talking about relationships That's the only way that God can increase in the earth realm Is through people Same thing with Satan Satan does his work through people God does his work through people God and Satan Think from a generational perspective When God raises up a man A or woman of or God Or God raises up a family He don't raise up that man For his lifetime He raised up that man because God wants to take what he's developed in that man or that woman to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible talks about uh, generational sin to the third and fourth generation. There's generational blessings. There's people today that is living in the strength of the blessings of their forefathers. They didn't pay for it. They didn't pray for it. They didn't fast forward, but because of their forefathers, obedience to God, and obedience to their parents, and obedience to their spiritual fathers, obedience to their spiritual mothers, they began to create patterns. And the purpose of those patterns, uh, for there could be a channel of blessings, that God can pour out his blessings, From one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation until Jesus comes back. This has always been the pattern of God. This has always been the order of God. But the enemies understand this. That's why you uh, you see so many struggles with children, with their parents. And I'm talking about parents uh, that love God. Parents that is walking obedient to God. Parents that obey God. Uh, parents um, that is non-compromising, parents that is people of integrity, parents that is people of character, parents that is people of excellence. And so therefore, but we don't see this being made manifest through their children. Why? Because there's always a devil, ladies and gentlemen, a devil that would try to plant seeds in the minds of the children so their children cannot receive the, uh, the generational blessing and that their children cannot receive the generational blessing, and their children's children cannot receive the generational blessing. How do you do that? By uh, destroying the pattern of God and the mind of the children. Destroying the pattern of God, ladies and gentlemen. This thing is not about human beings. It's about God and the pattern of God being established in the earth realm. That's why we we're born again. That's why we're born again. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Uh, Everybody, the majority of people I know, look at that from a natural perspective. A good man leaves an inheritance. He leaves his wealth. He leaves his house. uh, He leaves his car. He leaves his jewelry. He leaves his clothes. He leaves his bank account to his children and the children's children's children. But what happened when, oh, the inheritance is spent up and it's gone? What happened then? The in- God's inheritance is always, ladies and gentlemen, it's always generational, but it's always spiritual. It's spiritual, but the spiritual gets you the natural. The spiritual gets you the natural. My prayer and desire that my daughter's, and take the grace of God that's on my life and take it to the next generation, whoever they marry, God will grace them to marry someone that will not stuff out the anointing the grace of God, but God will grace them to marry men that is uh their grace and their anointing is comparable and 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 my prayer to God if it's not that they'll meet me before I die, and uh, they'll get married before I die and that God will grace me to help be able to raise these young men up, train these young men uh, that has married my daughters and uh, my grandsons and my granddaughters, that their anointing and the grace of God will supersede me. It, the, you see, generational blessing is designed to increase. It's never designed to diminish, but it increase and increase and increase their relationship with God, their uh, fellowship with God, their trusting God. Uh, All of these things uh, will manifest in the natural. It will manifest as husbands uh, that's providing for their uh, families. It will manifest in ownership. It will manifest in so many different areas, but that's not uh, their motive. Their motive is God, the generational blessing. And they understand that they're who they are because of the generational blessing. They understand what you see in the natural as a result of my father, My father's father. And they understand that. And they teach that to their children. And their children never go after the earthly things or the material things. They go after the generational blessing. Because they understand that it is the blessing that will sustain them in this earth. They understand it is the blessing of God that will keep them in the earth from all hurt, harm, and danger. They understand it's the blessing. And that is why we're coming up to Father's Day and we'll be... Uh, uh, sharing some of these things. Uh, we, I don't think we'll go this direction. God kind of gave me something as he switched up on me. And that is why it is vital that we understand the importance of Father's blessings upon the children. we got to understand that. Father is created to bless. God blessed Adam. God blessed his creation God blessed Abraham. God blessed Noah. Ladies and gentlemen, it was uh, 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 the priest, the high priest, Aaron's responsibility was to speak and pronounce the blessings of God upon the nation of Israel. Because what a father bless, heaven will back it up. What a father bless, heaven will back the blessing up so it's very important that we understand this but you can't just bless anybody Jacob blessed his children but he cursed his eldest son because his eldest son laid with one of his wives and he was wiped out of the genealogy of the nation of Israel and uh, the the half tribe of Manasseh and and, uh, uh, Ephraim uh, took uh, the place of the one that Jacob cursed But his sons uh, uh, was to increase and extend the blessing of Isaac, which was the blessing of Abraham, generational blessing, becoming a pattern, becoming a pattern. And as a father, spiritual father as well as natural father, uh, uh, I've seen some areas where uh, I have missed it as a father. And I'll tell you why I missed it as a father, spiritual father, as well as natural father. Um, because the majority of things I've learned as a son came through trial and error. Uh, there was no books for me to read. If it was, I wasn't aware of them. Uh, there was no books for me to read. I never read a book on how to be a spiritual son. Uh, never read a book how to be a spiritual father. It was through... Simply my submission and, and like of submission. The times I didn't submit, I, I was corrected. I was rebuked by Dr. Brown, but really was God rebuking me through the man of God. I made the adjustments, and I always strive to make the adjustment. I have always strived uh, to be the son that God has ordained upon and anointed me to be. I always strive to. I always strive to bring pleasure to Dr. Brown. That was my strive. Didn't always do it, erred. Many times. And out of that, uh, uh, I'm seeing some things now. Uh, I have always expected, I don't say always, but I expected my spiritual sons and daughters to get it the way I got it. And none of them has gotten it the way I got it. Because that really wasn't the pattern. I'm seeing that now. That wasn't the way that God wanted them to get it. Now, the reason I I believe I got it the way I got it is because Dr. Brown, Himself he's he's not that older than me. And so he he really didn't know how uh to father me. He just obeyed God. And I believe it was probably a learning process on his behalf and a learning process on my behalf on how to be a son. And so therefore the scripture how Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, uh, I think not think but that's kinda of where it was with me. Uh, learning obedience through the things I suffered and, and positive as well as negative. Uh there was times I was disobedience. Disobedient and God rebuked me, corrected me. What he was doing, he was creating a pattern. He was creating a pattern. And and I expected my spiritual sons and daughters to get it the same way I got. But that's not the way God really wanted it uh to be. And uh 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 The main purpose, I believe, that God uh, used Dr. Brown was to empty me and to bring me to the end of myself that I could only trust the Lord and that my life has really been a life of faith. Without that, ladies and gentlemen, these these patterns have nothing to do with human beings. These patterns have everything to do with, with, with Christ. It's not about your spiritual father. It's really about Christ himself. Your spiritual father and mother is only to be a pattern of Christ for our lives. And we are to follow that pattern and that that God can take it and cause you to supersede your spiritual father and your spiritual mother. So these things, it's very important that we understand it. Let me read another scripture to you, if I may. Hebrews chapter 6. Notice what the scripture said, if you will. uh, uh, Hebrews 6 and 12. In order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggers, but imitators behaving as do those who, through faith, by their leaning of the entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice, by what practice, 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 practice. practice. See, where a lot of people are missing the body of Christ, we want the Holy Spirit to come upon me and make me do something. No, it's by practice. It says, and by practice of patience, and by practice of patience, patient endurance, and waiting are now inheriting the promise. Now inheriting the promise. So therefore, is there's anyone in your life That you're imitating. You're imitating. Imitating someone else's faith in God. Imitating someone else's faith, trust, and confidence in God. Are you imitating it? In their faith in God, are you imitating someone whose faith is in God, in Christ, in absolute trust? If there's anybody you're in relationship with, does you see that trust God absolutely? Trust God absolutely. Confident in God absolutely. Confident and in trust in God's power. Confident and trust in God's wisdom. Confident and trust in God's goodness. Is are you in relationship with anyone who you see practicing patience, endurance? practicing, waiting on God? And have you seen them inherit any promise? Not someone because they talk good, speak good, eloquent in preaching and teaching and gifted, talented, uh, great prophetic flow, great signs, wonders and miracles. No. Their faith in God. Their faith in God. Their trust in God. Are you imitating or is there anybody? You Im- uh, is there's people to somebody that you're not imitating? Well, I put it this way: if you're not imitating someone that God's placed in your life, if you don't have nobody left to imitate, you can take it to the bank. You're imitating Satan. Don't even know You're imitating him. Everyone is imitating someone, but the one who does that, they, they are inheriting the promises of God. Notice this, if you will. I think this is an excellent scripture here. I like, I love the scripture here in Hebrews 13. Because you don't don't imitate anyone blindly. You don't imitate anyone blindly. Notice this right here. Verse 7. Amplified version. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. For it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith. So so you, you're not following them blindly. He said, imitate their faith. Whose faith? The leaders that God assigned to you. The superiors and authority that God has assigned over your life, the ones that have been assigned to bring you the Word of God, is to observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists, their conviction that God exists. How Is there's anybody that's in your life when hell breaks out, but they are modeling before you that they believe that God exists. They are modeling before you in the midst of hell that they believe God is bigger than what they're experiencing. It says imitate their faith. Their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. They are modeling that before you. They're not preaching it they're not confessing it they're not testifying about it they're modeling it they have become a pattern of this is to imitate their faith imitate their faith that god exists and is the creator and the ruler of all things the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through christ and their leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Here's the same pattern in in, uh, the 6th chapter of Hebrews, verse 12. Their personality. Do you think it would have been difficult to imitate David's faith? What about Christ's faith? You said, no, no. Well, why did the disciples kept on missing it? They struggle with imitating Christ's faith. And the reason many times people struggle with imitating the faith of their leaders or the faith of those authorities that got assigned to their life, many times the reason they struggle because they don't understand their responsibility to the relationship. They think the leader should do it, but not them. The leader, you're supposed to trust God. We don't have to trust God. You're the leader. But you supposed to believe that God exists. you supposed to believe that God is the creator and the rule of all things. And they're satisfied with the leader, but they're not satisfied with themselves. And then if they have a leader that's going to put a demand upon them, to believe God like they believe God, to trust God like they trust God, to uh, 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 to have confidence in God like they do, they abort the relationship. They abort the relationship. They say, well, that's you. It ain't me. That is the ignorance in the body because they don't understand that you are called by God. To be what your leader has become and beyond. See, you want to preach what your preacher preach. You want to flow in the gifts the way your preacher flow in the gifts, but you don't want to be what they have become in Christ. So the emphasis is preaching, teaching, prophesying, laying hands on the sick, but Not becoming. Not becoming. Paul is a perfect example. Paul and Timothy life is a perfect example. Peter, uh not Peter, uh, uh Timothy uh served and followed Paul. One particular day, Jesus worked a miracle in John chapter six. And the people began to follow him. He passed to the other side. But he knew they did not follow him because of the miracle of the fish and the loaves. They followed him because of the food, the fish and the loaves, but not the miracle itself. Jesus says, you don't follow me because of that. He said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, then you come on and follow me. The Bible says that they said, this is a hard thing, this man say." Ain't no way in the words. man must be a lunatic. And they left him. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, will you leave me too? What was the disciples' response? You're the only one to have the words of eternal life. Where should we go? Where should we go? In other words, they didn't want to follow him as a pattern of life. They only wanted what the pattern of life provided. Only what the pattern of life provided. Only what what the pattern of life was going to benefit them. They didn't want to follow the pattern to become a pattern. That's what this whole thing is about. Following a pattern to become a pattern. Following a pattern to become a pattern. But Satan has come in and calls an erroneous pattern to be established in the church, especially in the Western Hemisphere. And we're not seeing the fruit because it's not the pattern of God. The pattern of God is not you becoming a member of a church. The pattern of God is, we see in the book of Acts, that you connect yourself with a mentor. He said, go into all the world and make what? Disciples. Disciples of all nations. Not church members. Not church goers. Disciples. Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, you shall be able to do the work that I've done. Who was he talking to? We want to say he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the church because the church wasn't established at the time. He's only talking to his disciples. His disciples is following his pattern. Jesus is the pattern for his disciples. Jesus is the order for his disciples. So Jesus modeled this pattern. Created this order. Modeled this pattern for over uh, uh, three years, or uh, three and a half years. Now he said, that go and make men out of what I made you out of. Do what? Go and make men out of what I made you out of. Disciple them. Disciple them. It didn't. And think about it. He didn't not go, say, go save them,' because you and I have no power to save nobody." It didn't even say, go lead them to Christ. It said, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. Now, we know God is, there's a resurgency of, uh, of the teaching on discipleship. Uh, God is gracing us to be in relationship with people that have uh, very good discipleship patterns. And this is this is the, the route that we are uh, uh, trying to develop this church. But from an apostolic prophetic perspective, can't stop who we are, but disciple people in, in this way. But we see this in the book of Acts, uh, Great Signs, Wonders, and Miracles, broke out in the church because they abided in the apostles' doctrine. They abided in what? The apostles' doctrine. So by abiding in the apostles' doctrine, just like following the apostles, the apostles didn't have to be there. All they had to do was do what the apostles had established, and by them doing what the apostles had established, then they were uh, in up upflowing, just like the apostles, because when you embrace a man's doctrine, you're embracing a man's belief system, and their belief system was that of Christ. So to embrace the apostles' doctrine, you're really embracing the doctrine of Christ, which was the doctrine of God Himself. And when you do become a doer of the word, then what's going to happen is when you do anybody's word, you obey anybody's word, then that person becomes the master. Or the authority, if I can use that word, they, they become your authority. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter six, verse sixteen: "Know you not to whom you yield yourself, servant to obey your servant, uh, his servant you are. He become your master, you become his servant." So when they abided in the apostle's doctrine, the apostle is their legitimate authority. Because whoever you obey is your legitimate authority. That's why Jesus makes this statement to the scribes to the and the Pharisees. say you are of your father the devil. For the will of your father you will do. What is he saying? If you're doing Satan's will, if you're obeying Satan, then you're telling every me telling everyone, not every me. You're telling me and everyone else that Satan is your authority. We make it difficult. It's not really that difficult. So you yielded to Satan because you're obeying his word that he becomes your father. They say, Abraham is our father. Well, that's another story. But Jesus said, if you obey my word, then I and the father become your legitimate authorities. So who are you obeying is a revelation uh, that uh, you have made them your authority. You say, well, God is my authority, but you never seen God. Jesus is my authority, but you've never seen Jesus. And we do know and understand and realize that all authority that be comes from God. But while you and I are living in the earth realm, there are people that got places in our life. First of all, our parents. Second of all, you got bosses on your job. You're obeying your boss on your job. Your boss on your job is your authority. If you're working for McDonald's, you're not obeying the supervisor of Burger King. You're obeying the supervisor of McDonald's. And they are your legitimate authority, whoever you obey. So Paul makes the statement in the word of the Lord that I know without a doubt Christ is your authority because Christ is my authority. He says in 2 Timothy 3, 10, uh, once again, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. Oh, my doctrine is really the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. My manner of life. My manner of life is li- literally, is shaped after the manner of the life of Christ. My purpose. My purpose is the purpose of Christ. My faith. My faith is the faith of Christ. My long suffering. My long suffering is the long suffering of Christ. My love. My love is the love of Christ. My perseverance is that of Christ. You have carefully followed because you are handling persecution just like I handle persecution. That means the Christ that's on the inside of me has been imparted to you. The same Christ that has sustained me and kept me in the midst of long suffering, in the midst of uh, uh, persecution and affliction, you have followed my example carefully. And you have received an impartation. You have received an impartation because you have followed the pattern. You have followed the pattern. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how it works. This is how it works. So when we begin to look in the Word of the Lord, it's not following somebody blindly. It's not... See, don't look at the... This is another manipulation in the church. Don't look at... uh, how well a man or woman preaches, how well a man or woman pre- uh, teaches, how anointed they are, gifted they are. But, but, ask God to grace you to come close to a, a a man or woman of God. That He would grace you to come close. See, you can't really imitate a far off. You can imitate preaching, imitate teaching, get some tapes, uh, 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 get uh, uh, DVDs. And you can imitate that, but life, life. Because it says here in Hebrews chapter thirteen, it says, um, "Remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it is, it was they who brought to you the word of God." Observe attentively and consider their manner of living. That's the key. Observe attentive and consider their manner of living. Observe attentively. And consider their manner of living. Their manner of living. Their manner it is their preaching. It is a their manner of teaching. It is that their manner of flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, their manner of living. Ask God to grace you with someone that you can come close to. And observe their manner of living. It says the outcome of their well spent lives. And imitate their faith. Their manner of living is a revelation of their faith. Their manner of living is a revelation of their trust in God. A lack of trust in God. The manner of living. The manner of living. When tests break out, uh, not tests break out, when trials break out, or tribulation break out, persecution break out, scandals break out, or uh, 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 lies break out. How do they handle it? Under pressure, when their spouse, their marriage is challenged, when their children is challenged, their business is challenged, their finances is challenged. It says here, observe attentively and consider their manner of living. You can't say, well, that was for them. It ain't for me. Were well, they stronger than me. That's what people say. Well, they, they, they've been saved longer than me. All these excuses and foolish statements we make, because you're in relationship with them, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body, the scripture says. The same spirit that sustained Paul, he said, it's going to sustain you. The same spirit that kept me is going to keep you. The same spirit that helped me is going to help you. You can't put me on one level or you on another level. The only way I may be on a level higher than you is because I've been called to model this before you. And you haven't been called to model it before me. And if you've been called to model that's that's, that's excellent. That's excellent. And imitate their faith. Their conviction that God exists and is the creator and rule of all things. When hell breaks loose, what comes out of their mouth? What is coming out of their mouth? It's complaining, mummering, grumbling. You don't want to imitate that. You don't want to imitate that. But we don't care about that. We don't care about their lives. We care about their gifting. We care more about their teaching. We care more about the gifts of the Spirit that manifest. Not, it's a well spent lives. What, is they, what are they pursuing? What are their conversations like? Is they always talking about this realm or do they talk about the realm of God? What are they talking about? Are they always talking about uh, materialistic things, uh, cars and houses? and What, what is their conversation? Is it the majority of the conversation is about how great God is, how awesome God is, how powerful God is? how mighty God is, when hell breaks loose, when pressure, they're under pressure, what comes out of their well-spent lives. Is their attitude reveals that they trust God? Is their disposition one that says they have confidence in God, they believe in His power, they believe in His wisdom, they believe in His goodness, they believe that He's bigger and greater than any circumstance or situation? If their if they, if they attitude is that that when something has been touched, that, listen, God is bigger. I don't understand it all, but I trust God. I trust him. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is, what is our attitude in this position? I want you to examine today who have God called you to imitate, for you to become a pastor, of life for somebody else, that you would become a way of life for somebody else. You can't make anybody follow you. We can't make our children follow us. We can't make our spouses follow us. We can't make a congregation follow us. The only thing we can do is become it and lead the rest up to God. Lead the rest to God. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your host today, my prayer, that God has challenged your thinking today, that you examine yourself, examine relationships. Uh, we just come back from a men's encounter, powerful encounter uh, we had there in, in Orlando. What makes the encounter powerful? I was talking to the group of men, what uh, even today. What makes the encounter powerful is not the preaching of the teaching. What makes the encounter powerful is you got some real men have some real experiences, and they're sharing the word of God from their experience and encounter, their test, their trial, their commitment, their accountability. This is what they have submitted to, and they're sharing it, and it's real. They're not hiding their mistakes and their errors. And they, God, has, God has connected them with some men that they can imitate those men's faith. See, we love to experience what those men experience, but we struggle with imitating what the men is imitating. That's what makes the encounter powerful. Real life circumstances, situation, real life men and women of God that has encountered God and God is sustaining them. And what I love about their real they say, "Listen, listen. I won't lie to you. That I'm I'm walking on on top of this thing." He said, "I still get challenged. These men, we still get challenged, but we're accountable. We got people, men, to help us. We got people to help us that we will submit to and yield to, and they and we listen to their advice. And I like the honesty. And we don't always like what we hear from them. We don't always like what we're hearing." But we know it's God, and we know it's good for us. No, Your flesh will never like what you hear. Flesh don't like correction. Flesh don't like uh, 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 instructions. Flesh don't like it. But if you want to encounter God, you want your marriage, as one young man was saying, if you want to to walk in victory over this addiction, then you're going to listen to somebody. You're going to be accountable to somebody. You 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 want to reach out for some help. I need you guys. I love it, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. And I'm so happy for that God graced the men that did go uh, up to Atlanta. And our ladies went last week. I'm, I'm so grateful to the Lord, those ladies that experienced and had an encounter with the Lord. I just want to let you all know that my prayer for you, uh, all of us that went up there, that God will continue to do in us what he started in us. We love you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been your host today, Dr. Jim with The Master Key. Keep us up there in prayer. Tomorrow, um, we'll see what the Lord do. God bless you. Tell someone about the broadcast. Uh, keep us in prayer. Don't forget our last uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line. Uh, start gearing up for that. Start uh, calling your family and friends to be with us on the last Monday, last Tuesday, and last Wednesday of this month, looking for God just to rock and roll, uh, and just do some awesome things. heard some powerful testimonies from last uh, month uh, uh, prayer line. Uh, those that was we got the people that listening. Uh, the young lady was in the hospital with the uh, babies. Uh, God's supernatural move there. The other young lady that uh, we began to pray for, it, and she began to cough. That's one of our members, one of my leaders. And uh, uh, all that stuff came up. All the pain left. She just a little bit in the shoulder. Uh, called them back. They, they uh, took care of that. To- all pain totally left. So we just believe God that he's going to continue to manifest himself. So get your family and friends on there. Get those that are challenging their body on there. Get those in there that if we pray for others, God will do it for us. We love you guys. Appreciate you. Uh, Let the rest of your night be blessed. Once again, this has been your host, GM McKenzie of The Master Key. God bless. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio.